listening to the Talker Spirit Anime Cast. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined here with Chris. Yo. Today's episode is a review of the summer 2020 anime season. This is part two. We already went through part one, knocked out a bunch of anime, and now we have Rent-A-Girlfriend, Uzaki-chan Wants to Hang Out, Millionaire Detective, Balance Unlimited, HX Arrows, Monster Girl Doctor, Diary of Our Days at the Breakwater, Uma Yon, Fruits Basket, Second Season, and we'll do a mid-season talk about Fire Force second season, so lots of good stuff. I promised we had some stuff left over. Yeah, Last yeah. episode was pretty heavy, but we do have plenty this this episode, too. We'll see. Uh, yeah, and usual war from otakuspirit.com. It's where you can go for all of our anime, new and old, great community, the form links at the top, social media links on the right side, and all that good stuff. B.S. Any, any surprises this one? Actually, yes, but probably not in a good way. There's two surprises in this one. One is a yes and one is a no. <laughs> or one is a, a good way and one is in a bad way, I guess is the best way to put it. So, yeah. We should probably get into one of those right now. Let's do it. <laughs> Our first one we have is Rent a Girlfriend or uh, Kanojo Okari Shimasu. Uh, this one was streaming on Crunchyroll for 12 episodes. Uh, they already have a second season confirmed. Done by Studio TMS Entertainment. These sources of manga. The genres are comedy, romance, school, shonen. And the creator of this one is Reiji Miyajima, who uh, did series composition for 22-7, which we really enjoyed. Uh, the cast of the show is filled with a lot of great uh, seiyus, including Ria Takahashi, Sora, Amamiya, Aoyuki, and now Toyama. So really good voice actresses in there. And series composition was done by Mitsuka, uh, Mitsutaka Hirota who did uh, Anime Gatari's and Sweetness and Lightning. So, good people working on it, at least. <laughs> uh, this one follows a guy named Kazuya. And as we're starting the show, he is pretty upset about uh, being broken up by his girlfriend, uh, Mami. Uh, expressing it in the only way that uh, Kazuya can. <laughs> <laughs> That's putting it lightly. <laughs> as we are reminded pretty much every episode that he handles his... Uh, desires in a special way and we have to watch it every time uh i mean it's a natural thing but come on do we have to see every time i guess is the question mark uh anyways i it's i guess so people know it, it it's he it cuts away and he throws a a tissue paper in the trash can and you can assume what that means uh anyways he's not crying <laughs> it's not tissue paper with tears <laughs> Uh, moving forward. Blue his nose. <laughs> moving forward. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Uh, yeah. So as he's moping, he discovers a service uh, for renting a girlfriend. And so he's like, you know, I'm kind of depressed. Why not give it a shot kind of thing? And so he rents a girlfriend and goes out on a date with a girl named Chizuru. And he goes on the date. And, of course, she's as a kind of escort service that they have in Japan. She kind of shows him a really good time, acts like his, he's uh, she is his girlfriend, does the playing with it and everything, and he kind of goes along with it. Falls kind of like, for it. He, no, he kind of goes along with it first, kind of going, I don't know why I'm even doing this. This is kind of embarrassing. And uh, at some point, she finally kind of goes, look, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, kind of go along with it. And he ends up kind of realizing it's kind of a good thing. Uh, the... He was going to kind of break it off, but then he had to go see his grandma, who was in the hospital. And since his grandma was waiting for 
that special someone to give her a grandson or granddaughter, uh, he decides to bring Chizuru with him just to show his grandma that, you know, look, it's okay. You don't have to worry about me. I have a girlfriend and all that kind of stuff. So he brings the rental girlfriend Chizuru. And so this kind of spirals out of control because now he has to keep hiring Chizuru and he's trying to keep it a secret from his friends, but then they find out and then he's kind of playing it off that Chizuru is actually his real girlfriend. And it kind of continues on like that and spirals out of control as the show goes along. So, yeah. And a girlfriend. How how did you like this show? How did I like this show? I that's a good question. How did I like this? How show? did you did you manage to? <laughs> it's it, this is this is one of those frustrating shows where where we we go on every once in a while about how we like this or that or this, and generally this is one of those shows where I generally like everybody in this show. There's probably two characters I really, really dislike in the show. One of them, even one of them is kind of questionable because it's, it, I, I don't know whether or not I like Mummy, um, but she is who she is. I want to like her, probably more mostly because of her voice actress, but that is what it is. But that was disappointing, right? <laughs> but one thing for sure, I absolutely despise the main protagonist, and we've 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 done that before, where one character will make or break a show. This one is one of those where, yeah, the the main character does seem to kind of break this show, um, mostly because he is so generally unlikable. Every once in a while, somebody will point out something, and it's it, as, as far as another character in the show, uh, like Chizuru or um, one of one of uh, Kazuya's buddies, pointing out these 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 things about him. That it's like, yes, I can see that, but there's this frustrating aspect of him that I just really have a hard time getting past, and I'm. May it be the fact that he can't seem to get past his own lies, his, his, I don't understand why you're with this person. She's a freaking Warenta girlfriend. Of course, she's going to be with somebody else, whether or not you want her to be or not. <laughs> anyway, there's a lot of things about Kazi I don't care for. His, his personality is just crap. And that really, really made it very frustrating to get through the show. The downside is, is even if this, when the second season comes out, I'm probably going to keep watching this mostly because I do really honestly like a lot of these other characters. Kazuya aside. Um, but I do like most of the girls, um, the, the grandma, the, the, the friends, I like a lot of the other characters around Kazuya in this. It's one of those frustrating things. Artwork wise. Love it. Absolutely looked gorgeous. I love the character artworks. I love the, um, voice actors. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Yoshiaki was like best bro of the season. <laughs> <laughs> I like this guy that even though this guy's a total idiot he's still sticking up with them and trying sticking up for him and trying to help him with a girl no i i think the the side of me that tries to look too much into this show was kind of thinking early on okay is this going to be a straight up waifu wars type show here's a set of girls that everybody on the internet will be fighting over which one's best girl or is it going to be something that is going to try 
yeah, I think everything technically does that, even if it's trying to say something. But the other side is, is it going to be trying to say something about, you know, somebody losing a girlfriend, somebody trying to uh, artificially insert something into that gap that they now have and what effect that has on them. And early on, the show technically was trying to do something with that. It almost seemed like it was trying to make a statement about because, I mean, he's he's going on a date with his girl and he's, he's kind of thinking to himself, but this is fake. I mean, I shouldn't be enjoying this because it's fake. What is the point of this? Because it's fake. And she's, uh, you know, the other girl on the other side, she's, she's in, the, in the most part, uh, she on the other side is saying pretty much the opposite of like, this is my job. I make people happy. They're upset. They're going through things. I spend time with them. I make them happy and I get paid to do it and it pays the bills kind of thing. And so I kind of it, it it kind of showed you the side of the the escort service that they're doing, and this is this is technically a pure type escort. We're not talking about escort like you know going to a, a back alley and doing you know dirty deeds. Nothing like that is insinuated in the entire show. This is strictly these college girls going out on dates with you know different age men and going to dinner with them, going to stores with them, and then parting ways. And like I said, it was kind of showing both sides of that, but at the same time, really kind of slightly dabbling into the mindset of Kazuya and how he's basically filling in this gap of loss that he has. And I, I so I was trying to sympathize with Kazuya. I really was trying to sympathize with Kazuya for a long time. But after a while, I just got tired of him. It, and I think the I think the breaking point was when Chizuru... And I kept saying this, Chizuru basically enabled it. And what I mean by that is that he kept, he, he he's so self-deprecating. He's constantly putting himself down and going, oh, I'm pathetic and I keep doing this and I really need to stop doing this. And she's like, but you're doing a good thing or something like that. She would always, she would always enable it and not tell him, look, yes, you're technically doing something wrong. Is it good that you're, that you're trying to do this positive here? Yes. But you're technically doing something that you probably shouldn't be doing or you're doing it the wrong way. She was always – and this wasn't in the context of her doing a service for him or being his girlfriend at the time. It was outside of that contract and she was still enabling him to continue to deprecate himself and, and positive him for it. And so that's where I was kind of going, no, this is kind of – this is kind of just going on the, the realm of just kind of that girl that's perfect and constantly – you know, patting on the back. And so I, I really didn't think like it was trying to do something really into the psyche of somebody that is getting over loss and filling it with something that's fake and then falling in love with that fake. That is technically what it's doing is it's filling that gap with a fake and, and, and really uh, falling in love with that fakeness, but it's not really trying to get into the psyche of it, I guess is the way of, of putting it. I don't know if that makes sense the way I put it, but that's where I'm going with my, my mindset. So looking at it strictly from a comedy about, a guy falling in love with a rental and the shenanigans that come from that. <sighs> I'm with Chris. Kazuya ruined it. And that's the sad thing because I, I think that – I think I told Chris at the very end or maybe it was like right at the end of it, maybe 11 or something like that episode's in. I didn't care about any of the characters. I mean, like I said, Yoshiaki was cool. I thought he was his standing up for Kazuo is like a really cool scene. But like Chizuru, yeah, she's. I mean, all the girls are beautiful. The great character designs, great seiyus. But 
them as like actual, you know, let's just put it in a simple sense, waifu material. Chizuru, yes, she's just kind of the perfect girl, but she's kind of she's a little bit too combative for my taste. Mommy, I know that second season will probably get into why she is the way she is, and they'll probably try to redeem her. But so far, all we've gotten is that she's a big B. That's all she is. She is the that girl, the the nasty girl. And that's all we've gotten from her, so it's hard to really put any positive spin on her. Every scene that she's been in, she's been manipulative and just tearing down Kazuya, which, by the way, is technically really cool for us to watch because we hated him so much. So, um, But him as her, you know, seeing myself as a self-insert for him and liking her as a character, I couldn't because she was very, very uh, toxic. Uh, Sumi, we got literally maybe half an episode with her. And that's what's really frustrating because I was really looking forward to her. Uh, she was cute, very shy, but re- again, we didn't really give any time. I'm sure she probably has some other side to her <laughs> that's going to break her. Uh, Ruka was probably the only one that was decently cute. <laughs> that's the um, frustrating and that, thing. And is- her <laughs> thing was not really... It, it was all about this wanting something to make her heart race, and he was that thing. And th- So there's nothing really negative about Ruka. So I guess that's the positive, is Ruka technically doesn't have anything negative about her, and she does find her heart racing for this boy. And so it's what she thinks is love. And so she's going after it and which is, you know, all for that. So all I'm left with is Sumi, who I haven't really had much time with and Ruka, who is, like I said, nothing really wrong with her. <laughs> Technically Ruka is the, the, the best character in the show. And you because know she's that a- she's going to get her heart broken at some oh, yeah. point. <laughs> and she was getting it at the later parts of it. And again, I was at that point of going, I really hate this character. Kazuya is a dirt bag. Yeah. He's like literally takes her around the corner and was going to confess something, and then he runs off after the girls again. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, dude! You just literally said you're going to go this direction, and then you're like, ball, go off the ball, the squirrel, shiny. <laughs> I gotta chase the squirrel. So yeah, it's just, and and that's that's the troubling thing is like most of the show is just him making really stupid decisions, him self-deprecating himself every two seconds, and. Not enough of anything. We even had, I was telling Chris, one episode was an absolute waste because a lot of these rom-coms have that episode where the love interest of the main character or the, you know, possible interest of the main character, they're walking down the street and they notice them on the other side of the street or something walking with another man. And these episodes are typically like, these segments in most rom-coms are probably like usually in like a five to ten minute segment of them following them and going, is that, is she cheating on me or is she going out with somebody? And then you come to find out it's like a brother or a cousin or something like that. This show spent an entire episode on it. No, not only that, he did it twice. Yeah, and there was another episode where it was like another character doing the same thing and it was like, oh my gosh. A whole episode. No, you're talking about something else. I was talking about the other character who went on a date with somebody else, and it was like this whole follow sequence. So, right, he, he did it once with with the the guy who was the director, and then once with mommy. Yeah, it's frustrating. So I couldn't really. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is this is, like we mentioned. This is probably the biggest upset of the season. I wanted to love it so bad. I mean, we were we were harping on the show for like. We would have, like, discussionals. Every time they would have a video release for one of these characters, we would 
go back and talk about the show again and talk about the say that's doing in the voice and how the character's really cute and the and the video for it was great. And then the show comes out and we're doing the preview and we're talking about it again and then yeah, like I said, unfortunately just really taken down by the main character. And I was I was joking with Chris, I'm not sure if this I was trying to figure out which protagonist was worse, this one or the one for Are You the Only One That Loves Me or Risuke or whatever it's called. And I'm like, well, I'm going to have to say this guy because I, I actually I, was I, able to watch the other shows. So. Well, no, I, you didn't finish the other show, though. Or Suzuki, technically, I hated more because he was mean to other girls. Like, he was viciously mean to girls. So I don't I, – I think I would take this character. I would take a self-deprecating character over one that is attacking, uh, verbally assaulting other girls. So that's that's where I landed up landing it. So, yeah. Anything else? I don't remember there being a lot of attacking, but – yeah, it oh, might yeah. have been on the latter latter episodes. So I don't. He remember. called. It's that, been a long time. Yeah, that was that girl that his childhood friend. He like every time he would see her, he would in, be in his mind. Oh yeah, in his word. head. Um. Yeah, he was him and the other girl was constantly verbally back and forth with each other, and and the moment that she opened up her shirt and showed that she had big boobs, he suddenly is like, "Oh, I love this girl." It's like, okay, well, <laughs> sure, okay, dude, okay, dude. Uh, yeah, we'll probably watch the second season of of Rent a Girlfriend. So, see if they actually salvage it at all. Doubt it. Doubt it. Yep, let's Rent a Girlfriend. Izaki Chan wants to hang out as our next one, or Izaki Chan wa Asobatai. This one is streaming on Funimation. Ran for twelve episodes. They already have a second season confirmed for it. Studio is NGI. The source is a manga. The genres are slice of life comedy ecchi and the series composition was done by Taka Takashi Aoshima who did Yori Yuri Uzumaid uh, Naoken If Her Flag Breaks Minami K and Katora-san this one follows a guy named Sunichi Sakurai who is just going into his second year at his college that he's going to a university and he runs into uh, well <laughs> a girl named Hana Uzaki runs into him and uh, she is his kohai from their previous school. She's now going there as a first year at this university. And they, they kind of, you know, she greets him and says, you know, I'm Uzaki from uh, previous school. And I'm here at this university now. And uh, we'll see you around kind of thing. And then after a couple of quick scenes of Uzaki seeing uh, Sakurai kind of sitting around by himself, not really doing anything with other people, sleeping playing games on his on his old handheld and whatnot. Uh, she finally decides to make it her <laughs> duty, I guess, to uh, hang out with him and let him enjoy university life and uh, constantly harass him and, and make him hang out with her or to hang out with him. So, And comedy ensues. And then a crazy, psychotic-looking cat pops up every now and then. That stupid cat. And he goes to work at a bar or diner, and they like to see the drama unfold between Uzaki and Sakurai. <laughs> and uh, Uzaki's mom thinks that Sakurai is hitting on her <laughs> all the time. <laughs> so your thoughts on Uzaki-chan? I absolutely adore this show. Um, Uzaki-chan is just too much fun. 
Um, I absolutely love the the shenanigans she shenanigami shenanigamis yeah um, that she had a habit of um, getting into with with Sakurai. Um, I I really like Sakurai as a character. He's one of those just really cool guys that just everybody mis misinterprets the way he is. He's got the eyes. He's got he's the got anime the male character eyes that scare everybody. <laughs> So I I I just I, a lot of the cast is 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 fun in ge- in general just watching watching these two getting in, into it and and I I agree the watching them because they had such excellent uh uh, uh um, chemistry chemistry between the two of them so it, it just was too much fun to see them in a lot of cases yeah. I, I guess chemistry is an okay word to put it as. I was I was going to put it more as the idea that she's so uh, unavoidable. Yeah, <laughs> that the chemistry is forced into it. It's kind of like you know, water doesn't mix with oil, but as long as you put it through a blender on a constant basis, it's always going to be mixed. <laughs> as long as the oil is constantly agitating through the water, it's technically mixed. Uh, I'd, I'd put it that way, I guess. No, I. My thoughts on this show is it is very much a – I would say a 75-25 for me. Like 75% of the time, it's really good. And then 25% of the time, it's just kind of like silence. Nothing's really happening. Nothing's really hitting the, the, the chords correctly. So it, it it does have its low points. But you know the other 75% of the time, it's really good. And I think a lot of that has to do with kind of the – I enjoy a lot of the – moments of, you know, the misunderstandings or the kind of awkward situations. I, I do want to say before I forget, <laughs> I give this writer a lot of credit for having a female character when put in a obviously nobody's at fault situation of, you know, like maybe an accidental grab or something like that. It doesn't turn to violence because the girl understands that it was accidental and nobody's at fault kind of situation. <laughs> it's like one of those why does it have to be like such a great thing that suddenly okay that really wasn't his fault and most of the time he doesn't even realize it happens so just kind of move on with you know just keep walking kind of situation um yeah it it it, the etchy tag is in there for the sake of there are a couple of the jokes that are technically very on the nose and one is very blatantly etchy uh, a particular bush scene, bush scene where she's digging through a bush and he's trying to pull her out and people walk by and see him in a very uh, obvious position. <laughs> so uh, keep that in mind for it. I don't remember there any, being anything kind of uh, nudity. There's no real nudity or anything like that. It's just very suggestive kind of comedy. So keep that in mind for it. Um. Yeah, of course, it had a lot of controversy regarding Uzaki's character design. I don't really find it that upsetting. Um, again, the, this, these are college students. By the way, that's two uh, university period shows in this episode we're talking about. So we're in a girlfriend and this one are both university time frame shows. So uh, good on anime for finally having a lot of com- uh, shows in the in the college area of, of uh, you know, age wise so 
yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm impartial with her character design. I think she's very cute as a character, and she does. I mean, her Seiyu pulls off that character so well. Um, I believe it's the same Seiya that did Sugumomo, the uh, the main girl in Sugumomo. Very, very hard to ignore type voice. So it technically does match her character personality. Uh, very loud and and getting your attention type, and I think that'll probably be a very uh, struggling point for some people. But I think since we were pretty used to her say you coming into this, I think it it worked well for us. But I can see her being a little bit standoffish. But like I said, it technically does fit the bill for what kind of character you're going with. A character that's very loud and trying to get his attention. I think that 25%, maybe it might be a little bit more than that now that I think about it. That 25% is technically a lot of the situations where it just kind of the comedy is just all about her picking on him for being a loner. And I think that joke kind of got way too often used. Whereas like, yes, he was going to the theater alone. And now she's laughing at him again about going alone. Okay, we got that joke. Let's move on to the next one. So that that was really the lulling points. I think the better points. I think the moms, the segment with the mom were hilarious. I really love those segments. Um, the bush scene, I, I know it's really bad, but I really liked it as well. Uh, a lot of the hangout moments at his house was great. So a lot of really good ones. I, I'm not a real fan of the whole drinking stuff. So the whole drinking segment was kind of blah for me. I did get a huge kick out of the aftermath of that whole situation though and paying off the 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 replacement bed and all that kind of stuff so if i if i had any any negative jokes it would negative as far as jokes that were kind of failing for me it would probably be i did like the concept of these characters that were off to the side because it kind of made made you kind of feel like okay those those would technically be my self insert characters would be the characters who are on the sidelines kind of watching it from far and those were probably the only jokes that were kind of falling flat i'm like i said i liked them but at the same time those were the only jokes that were kind of falling flat yeah i think asai and and sakaki i don't think they really i don't think they really kind of hung out too much so i don't think that they would be really all that dry out i didn't enjoy the whole segments of them arguing over whether to make them get together or just to let them be yeah <laughs> asai was like the purest no it must be natural and then sakaki's like no we need to do something to get these two together and so they were at war with each other and how to handle it i i did get a kick out of that so i guess i'm on the fence there with you so yeah, it's it's it was a it was like I said a, a pretty a pretty good show. Um, I don't think it was on all cylinders the entire time, but it was a it was a solid for the time that we had it. And like I said, it's getting a second season, so um, if you did enjoy it, definitely look forward to more of it. But uh, if not, then uh, you have one less show that you have to watch when it comes back. So uh, and yeah, the cat segments. I, I I really hated the cat. Suddenly, I don't know what the cat thing is. I I really don't understand the cat. I thought at some point we'd find out that it's like some kind of spirit of his uncle or something that's going to try to do something. But no, it literally just shows up every now and then whenever they're doing something and it would give a extremely creepy face. So, yeah, if I had one huge negative, it's the cat. I, I don't I don't I don't get the cat thing. I don't need it, it. I guess it was a way of filling in like 10 or so frames every episode. All it was doing was just it was just pointing out, hey, this is shocking. 
you were supposed to understand that that particular moment was shocking. I don't need a cat to have a shock face. No, to you have to. You have to know that you are supposed. That's just like the the um, the live studio audience la- clapping or or laughing, so that you know you're supposed to be laughing at that part or clapping at that part. You mm, need something no, to tell no, you. You are too thing. stupid to understand that that was a shocking moment, Andrew. Laugh tracks are enhancing. It's not really a signal. And the cat does not enhance my shock. It it breaks it. No, you know you like I'm going you, holy you crap. He's literally pulling him. You are her obviously out of the bush. too stupid to understand this concept. So let's move on to, to the next show. He's pulling her out of the bush, no. and I'm going, wow, that's insane. And then it cuts the cat, and I go, what the hell's the cat for? No, it was telling you so that was it. a shocking moment, and no. you obviously did not understand that. It ruined the moment every time. Zaka John wants to hang out. Check that out if that sounds interesting to you and you like cats because then you have a cat with a weird face every now and then. The Millionaire Detective, Millionaire Detective Balance Unlimited or Fugo KG Balance Unlimited. This one straight on Funimation ran for 11 episodes. It was originally starting back in spring, but they delayed it due to COVID. And finally, we got it fully aired now, which is great. Uh, studio was Cloverworks. The source is a novel. The genres are mystery, comedy, police. And the creator was Yasutaka Sutsui, who did Paprika and The Girl Who Left Through Time. Uh, the director was Tomohiko Ito, who did Erased, Silver Spoon, and Sword Online Season 2. And the series composition and scriptwriter was Taku uh, Kishimoto, who did Erased, 91 Days, Silver Spoon, Haikyuu, and Usagi Drop. And this one follows Haru who is a part of the... Oh my gosh, I forgot the name of the companies. Modern Crime Prevention Headquarters. Which is a really great idea for <laughs> headquarters, but... Uh, yeah, Haru works there. Um, he left the first division and has working this this other division. And as he's working on a case, he... Uh, uh, well, as he's working on the case, <laughs> Daisuke Kambe, who is, uh, as we find out later... Uh, has pretty much way too much money on his hands, <laughs> comes plowing through traffic and uh, assists him with the job that he's currently doing and then eventually joins the same division that he is in. And uh, Daisuke Kambe is, like I said, a millionaire. Um, he has the control of a information network named Husuke. And Husuke pretty much whatever he kind of tells Husuke to do. He'll find information for him, do data breaches. It's like a really massive supercomputer that can just do anything that he wants to. And it can also tap into his uh, unlimited balance, which uh, usually typically the 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 punchline to most episodes is him kind of going uh, basically pay everything that is going to get damaged more than market value and It'll say balance unlimited and basically checks will start getting cut to all these people that own all these facilities and cars that he's running into. And he'll usually use that money to kind of get the job done. So you have Haru who is kind of like, you know, full on about justice. His father was a cop and he wants to be a a good cop and do everything by the book um, and doesn't like people that have money. <laughs> basically cut Daisuke and Daisuke is this person who's kind of like. Very straight, uh, very low personality, 
uh, and everything is kind of done through money. And so he'll go in there and go to the interrogation room where Haru can't get information out of him because he's trying to do it the proper way. Daisuke will go in there and say, here, $5 million if you tell me who did this. And that person goes, you're lying, right? And he goes, here, here's your balance on your bank. It just send the money to you and they'll, and basically get the money, that, that information that way. So it's basically detective work versus just straight dollar bills. And that's kind of the chemistry between these two that are kind of partnering together to do different uh, crimes that they're trying to solve. And eventually it kind of gets into a technology that uh, Daisuke's father was working on and the different things that are secretly in the Kambe family. And going into that whole thing is kind of the big push into the, like, I guess, say about the second half of the show. First half is just kind of them two working together on different cases and butting heads kind of constantly as they as they kind of learn to work together, <laughs> or for lack thereof, and uh, and trying to discover how much money Daisuke can spend in, in a single episode. Because at the end of every episode, they have like a kind of almost like a bank balance at the end of it to kind of give you an idea of what he spent on different things. Like here's an entire building he bought and here's some equipment for shooting missiles and all that kind of stuff wrapped into there, which is always kind of fun. So your thoughts on the millionaire detective balance unlimited. This one was easily probably one of my biggest surprises of the season. I very much, we, we may, I think we may have hinted at it in the first, the first time that this came out and we were, we were thinking that this was actually surprisingly really working well. And now finally almost half a year later and 11 episodes <laughs> it would be a quarter year later no i thought it was uh it, it well i guess stopping. yeah technically if it started in the yeah. beginning of spring and ended the end of summer i guess it's technically half a year um but yeah this one this one was definitely one that absolutely hit and it did a wonderful job um i really love the 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 interplay between haru and daisuke um, I really, really ended up liking Daisuke a lot. He just absolutely a cool character really comes off as this kind of um, character who just kind of a devil may care attitude where he doesn't really give a crap. He, he, he's got too much money. He can do whatever he wants. And that absolutely plays out perfectly. And then to top it off, he has this other side to him of yeah he may be this devil may care type character but at the same time he also is one of those he's very very um his moral code is very solid so it 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 really plays out really well especially in the interplay is uh with haru who doesn't know how to really react to him because he does like the fact that he's very by the book and at the same time he hates the fact that he's doing everything through money so it's it's absolutely phenomenal um the storyline is itself i I'm, I'm a little bit i was a little bit frustrated with the kambe arc mostly because i really really wanted more um interplay between some of the the other types of cases that they were doing and com the kambe arc while i really really liked it please don't get me wrong I also wanted the other – I wanted other cases and that one just ended up taking what, nearly half of the season? I, I guess my argument to that is that while I do agree that 
this is a type of show that does so well as a as episodic. Um, I will say that even though the Kanbei arc does take over probably a good at least four episodes, it does sprinkle it at the beginning with episodic type episodes because they were technically the introduction of it was a case where they were protecting somebody. It was its own kind of self-contained episode. And then the next episode, it was kind of going into something else that was a self-contained. So it almost like it sprinkled in the kind of self-contained episodes while it branched into it. Cause Kambe starts going, wait, so this thing, this device that was involved with this, this was my father's or it was in part of the dice, uh, the Kambe family. So that would be my only argument, but I do kind of technically agree. Maybe not really so much that I didn't like it. It was just more so that it works so well as a episodic type setup. Yeah, like I said, I really, really liked the Kambe arc, but please, in no way, shape, or form, let me mis- misrepresent the fact that I love it. Like I said, I just I wanted more of the the single episodes, which and that that's that it, it's it's kind of understandable once you get the flavor of the show. It 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 really does shine when it is just because. Through a good portion of 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 the Kambe arc, technically Haru and and Daisuke are separated. And even when they do come together, it's it's only for a few minutes, and then they they're separating again because of reasons. Whatever's going on in the in the situation, so they there's a large portion where they're working together, and other portions where they're not working together because Daisuke technically during that time frame has given up his badge for reasons that you'll understand if you watch it. It, it it either way it's a really really great show i really loved it yeah i think that's probably my only frustration with the combat arc is that for a good portion of the big very like i said besides those like two episodes where technically they're still kind of very you know self-contained uh daisuke kind of gets he kind of disappears sort of um like i said like you said they are technically split but with daisuke not being very vocal majority of the storytelling is being done through Haru who can't keep his mouth shut. So <laughs> you technically do have a very big lack of Daisuke, which from my opinion of the entire show, Daisuke makes it like Daisuke was a phenomenal character. I loved his personality. Um, even though there's technically a lack thereof. Um, but like you said, it, 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 it makes it even more, it makes it even more greater because in later parts, when you do see that he does have, his moral standings that he does stand on and you do see where he does have emotional attachments to things that does drive him, even though he's not very vocal about it and not very, you know, outwardly apparent emotional, he does have these things that drive him and it made it even more of a payoff because he's such a very kind of, you know, it seems like a very blank character with no emotion on his face, but he does have these driving aspects that's, is shown through his actions. See, I, I think in our early impressions of it, cause we only got, I think what two episodes in the, in the spring season, which was unfortunate um, because I did see the, the very much the potential in the show. And that was mainly the fact that you have a great creator behind it. It is a, um, it has a great director, serious competition. All these people that are working on it are people have done things that I have loved, uh, loved paprika girl Hold after time, loved erased, I've not watched Silver Spoon, but I've heard a lot of great things about it. Um, 91 Days was great as well. Uh, it has a great style to it that I absolutely love. I love the character designs in the show, you know, across the board. 
the music in it is great. I didn't write down the the, the person to the music, but the the music's fantastic. Animation's great. So everything is on top notch with this, the style and everything. So I, I had no reason why I think that the show was going to fail. Like when we were talking the first impressions, I think I was trying to pull out what the only fear that I had, and that was mainly in Haru. And then I felt that their personality between the two of them wasn't quite clashing right because I knew it was going to be a great kind of buddy cop type of show. And usually buddy cop types of shows have to have great chemistry. That's what makes them. And with these two having Daisuke being very, you know, not talking at all and Haru being really loud, I really wasn't sure how that was going to work. And I think what that ended up coming to is that it didn't really turn out to be that their chemistry worked out together. It was really just them individually stood up on their own, which I know is completely contradicting me saying that the chemistry is required for a buddy cop to work. But I think, like I said, it was really in the fact that I love Daisuke so much and Haru was, you know, there to tell the story that it just worked so well. So, and like you said, the supporting cast was fantastic as well. I, I, I loved uh, Chosuke, kind of the older uh, detective that has like this really dark past that he's trying to finally resolve uh, Mahoro, which I thought that she would totally be great to get with Daisuke because she's always offering him sweets. <laughs> she's a little, little, uh, little thick girl that's so you know eating eating snacks, and I love her to death. She had a great little cute voice. Uh, Suzue, who's uh, you know Daisuke's kind of um, uh, assistant that's always kind of working in the background and panicking every time he doesn't respond in two seconds. I totally ship ship her with Haru. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah, you can go Haru Kambe and and Daisuke uh, Mahato. So yeah, that would that would work out. The, 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 you, you pointed out something that I hadn't really thought about, and that that's an interesting thing because I, I I'm kind really of, good at that stuff because I'm just that smart. <laughs> you you are. You're just that awesome. <laughs> um, it, it, it's it's funny because I didn't really think very very highly. I I, I kind of ignored it. Um, but Haru and and Daisuke's, uh, um chemistry while it's there it's not that's not all that great and but you did point Every out now that it makes that, great punchlines though like yeah, when, when, when he's when he's hanging on the the bridge and, and guys he kind of just turns around <laughs> and walks, walks away, away. It, 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 and it, that is fun uh the 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 concept of it is is because daisuke does really pull off this i don't really care what you want or not whether you are are the hero or not I'm going to do what I want to do. And Haru is, is, is all about I am the hero. And so you have this interesting contrast while they don't actually mesh. They end up – and, and that's the funny thing. They don't ever actually – they work together rather than mesh together, which is a yeah. lot of buddy cop shows where they end up at some point. They realize we can't be separate. We have to work together. And these two technically never have that moment. They never do. They they just do their own thing, and eventually it all comes together. Well, I mean, a good example is is the safe room. You realize that neither one of them really did solve the issue. They both technically handle it in their own way. It just all came together in the end at the same exact time. Neither one of them actually solve the issue themselves it kind of like i said they they both technically resolve it their own way it just so happens they complete it at the end at the same time hmm. um no, i'm not going to spoil exactly how that unfolds but if you think about it in the end they technically both resolve in their own way and for you between you and me Daisuke uh covers up the gas with a wet blanket 
Haru gets the door open. But they all they both get to the same spot at the same time. Well, technically, Haru did say them because it wouldn't stop all the gas. But he, yeah, anyways. Um. Yeah, I I absolutely love this show. This was technically my gem of the season. Um, I I just really didn't find any faults in it. Even even in some episodes where it seemed like it would be a throwaway, like the 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 train with the the old ladies trying to get to the the idol show it was like wow that was really cheesy but it put a big old smile on my face and i'm like well screw it this is great <laughs> i'm going to go with this this is this is awesome he's he paid to have the, the entire group come out there and and excite the women i mean what what what's not to love about this so uh, it just worked in every episode and i i looked forward to it every week um like i said we always had fun at the very end using uh, thanks Funimation for I don't know why not translating the dang on uh, right? statement at the end. I mean that was <laughs> that was like the biggest fun part about every episode. I mean it's almost like the you know the bunny dr- uh, not bunny drop the is the order rabbit season two at the end where we did the rock paper scissors with the girl. It was like at the end of every episode we would be like okay well what cost what and I would have to bring out Google Translate on my phone just to translate what it was saying at what cost. And it's like, well, why wouldn't you translate that? I mean, it was probably the easiest part to translate, and you didn't do it. So it didn't make any sense. But, yeah, we had a lot of fun kind of going. Uh, we would kind of, as the as the closing segment would come up, we'd kind of go, oh, that's obviously this, this, and this, and this. And we'd try to figure out exactly what was the, the value of each one before uh, we would translate it. So that was a lot, that was a lot of fun. I, I always enjoy that's every time we said balance. Why they, that's probably why they didn't translate it because they wanted us to guess is an ad for google translate on your phone (laughs) at the very bottom it's like uh has like one of those little barcodes and you can search for the app and get it on your phone and google gets a cut of it yeah i wouldn't doubt that yeah that was a lot of fun yeah great characters love daisuke to death i i this is one of those shows i'm definitely missing it as it as it finished up I, i think i told chris at some point i'm like Man, I think we're really behind on this show. Wait, what, where, where's the next episode? It's only been eleven episodes, and I'm like, oh crap, it's only eleven episodes. No, I want more. Yeah, just a lot of fun. I, I thought I thought uh, con- the Conway arc definitely had a great ending to it. I we were we were kind of chuckling a lot at that that last segment. It was it was pretty well pretty well buttoned up at the end there, and um, we definitely love to see more of it. I'm not sure if it's. Uh, very self-contained in the storyline and there's nothing else after that, but I would love to see more of it come at, at another time. So, yep. The millionaire detective balance unlimited. Check that out. If that sounds interesting to you. Next one we have is super HX arrows or Tokyo hentai HX arrows. This one's streaming on Funimation ran for 12 episodes. This studio is project number nine. The source is a manga. The genres are action, com- comedy, supernatural, etchy, school, shonen. And this one follows a guy named Enjo who is going to school. And at some point he joins an or- organization that is fighting a secret threat to mankind called the Keisiju. And the Keisiju are aliens, life forms that have come from other planets that they've destroyed come to Earth to draw out the H energy out of humans. And uh, once that resource has been dried up, they'll move on to the next planet. But, of course, that H energy is basically mankind's desire for, you know, 
etchy stuff. <laughs> and Enjo's pretty, you know, stuck on the idea that he wants to work with this organization to fight these Casey Joe, Casey Ju because when he was very young, uh, he was with his childhood friend Hoshino at a park, and one showed up and zapped the H energy out of his uh, his childhood friend. And ever since then, she's kind of been very standoffish to him. And even though she was pretty pretty forward with him when they were when they were kids, uh, but it's kind of completely changed her ever since that day. And so he fights them alongside other girls that kind of work alongside him using their H energy that they have to build up. And then they go and use that H energy and blast the bad guys and save the save mankind from losing their etchiness, I guess. <laughs> their their desires, their sexual desires. Um, so, yeah. Your thoughts on Super HX Arrows? This is a weird one for me because I really, really did enjoy it. I, I thought it was goofy, fun, a lot of um, etchy stuff. Um my if 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 anything i think that it tried a little too hard a few times it, it it got like it was almost like it was trying um like like the writer and, I, and i'm talking about the mangaka because i seriously doubt this is a show problem and if it is a sh- if it is a show problem please let us know um i it, it felt like they he had an idea and he was trying to make the the make it happen and the reason why i say i'm pretty sure it's the mangaka that's doing this is because if it's if it's pretty much a straight translation from the manga from the manga to the to the actual show then it it's the mangaka if it's something that there's a lot of filler in the show that's not actually in the the mangaka or in the manga, then then obviously this is something that the 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 showrunners are trying to make more scenes out of things that are not actually there. In a lot of cases, it just felt in general like they were forcing things into this storyline that didn't really necessarily need to be there. Not and I don't mean the etchy scenes. I'm talking about the storyline in general. I mean, I I don't think that it really felt. I mean, I mean, I think maybe three or four episodes really kind of felt like they were there. Um, the rest of it kind of just felt thrown in there, and then towards the end, we we had a forced um, kind of ending, and it just was. It felt a very very. Um, all over the place in, in a lot of cases. But granted, I don't know. It just, I, it never felt like it was pulled together for me personally. Seemed pretty standard fare for an edgy show for yeah, me. I, I, don't, I, I, I don't know. Really, I, I don't know if it, are, are you mean that you expected the entire show to be a full on story and felt that all the segments of, you know, him going out with, with Momozono and figuring out her quirk and going with Shirayuki and figuring out her quirk it, it like I said, it it did seem like standard etchy fare. Um, I, but I guess that's just me not really expecting really anything out of it. Un- unfortunately, with a show like this, when you go into the first episode, for me, uh, with a very blatant etchy show that, and we expected it, full on censorship all over the daggone thing. Um, I didn't really expect it to really try to do anything special and. 
I don't know really, right, really why I went kept going with it. I honestly, um, probably pretty quickly into it. I, I got a kick out of the concept of it. This idea of them using their kind of desires, their sexual desires, they're building up within themselves and, and unleashing it upon the bad guy. And it always kind of shreds their clothes at the same time. So here Inju is just standing in the middle of a, of a sidewalk area after blasting an enemy. And he's having to go get his clothes changed because he always, they always keep a change of clothes in their, in their bag with them. I, I got a kick out of that, that concept of here's, you know, super sentai characters who bust on the scene and has the same music and the whole idea of this weird, crazy alien dude standing in the middle of the road, laughing about zapping people's energy out of them. And then here comes a superhero and he's like, I'm going to stop you. And he does this super punch and then he's got no clothes and he has to go change them. And yeah, etchiness ensues. It was, like I said, a very comical, etchy take on the sentai kind of concept. But it, it 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 very quickly kind of wore it off for me after a couple episodes, and honestly, the the animation just they weren't doing very good with it at all, and the character designs quickly lost their their flavor very quickly, and they were off model several times. I mean, the last episode was super rough. Like, I it is one of those ones where I'm kind of going, has it always been this bad? Because now I'm really noticing it. But yeah, it got it got really rough towards the later parts of it. And again, I, I don't really expect much out of a, a show like this to keep it on model. I mean, I guess technically for the parts that most people would be going into this for, which is the etchy parts, seem like they're very on model, so maybe at least that's, for, the, maybe at that's least for those problem. cuts they were keeping it they were keeping it pretty solid. Because I did like I, the characters. I had censored I d I couldn't I couldn't distract myself. Yeah. I like the character designs. I like the character personalities. They were great. Um, I, I thought that even though it technically is censored, um, the etchy moments for it were pretty mild. I think the I think the only exception to that was when the Tokyo branch showed up. I thought it was like, whoa, wow, they are they're getting really hot and, hot and heavy with this stuff suddenly out of nowhere, and they're getting you know grinding stuff going on. So um, it was it was odd. It was odd that it took until the Tokyo branch finally showed up and things got really kind of steamy. And then it kind of went back away right after they left. So I really enjoyed the Tokyo branch. I guess that's the thing. Shiko best girl, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I did. I did. I enjoyed it. I, I kind of enjoyed this almost sweet, but uh, almost innocent breaking element of Injo and Hoshino's backstory. I thought it was kind of like both cute and, and kind of goofy at the same time. But yeah, it was a very throwaway show. I think that people might enjoy it if they're looking for an etchy show and the uncensored version comes out. Yeah, I would go eventually, for the uncensored. Or if you can find it somewhere. I'd, at this point, highly doubt Funimation will do a proper Blu-ray release of it. I've heard way too many times that they've released, released censored versions on Blu-ray. I think Sugumomo had that issue here recently. Oh, no, they didn't. Um, So... I wouldn't expect Funimation to do a proper Blu-ray release of it, so check first before you do buy it. But, um, yeah. It, it might be a really solid show if it's uncensored, but it is, it is a very... It, I guess it's one of those ones where you have to have two different... I think I think it's really good if you have two things specifically that you're really looking for, and one is etchy and one is you know, like a very goofy take on Super Sentai. I think it's like perfect for that, so... 
other than that, you, you're really not going to probably find too much here. It was, like I said, a very kind of throwaway show for the most part. So, but that's, that's, that's what we're, what I was kind of going there expecting. So I'm not angry about it. <laughs> well, I'm not upset about it. It's just, I, like I said, that's my feelings. I felt disjointed. Yeah. I thought Shiko was fantastic. So the Shiko moments alone was, was worth it. That's a uh, super HX arrows. Check that out. If you are interested. Next we have is Monster Girl Doctor or Monster Muzume no Oishana Oishasan Oishasan. This one streamed on Crunchyroll, ran for twelve episodes. Done by Studio Arvo Animation. The source is light novel. These genres are comedy, romance, etchy, fantasy. The director on it was Hoshiaki Iwasaki, who did Love Hina, Familiar of Zero, and El Hazard Two. Series composition by Hideki. Shirane, who did Daily Live, Danmachi, and Dream Leader Mary. And this one follows a guy named Glenn, and Glenn is a, a monster doctor, and he's living in a location. It's a it's a it's a town where um, both humans and monsters live side by side. Apparently, there was a war in the past, but they've kind of found peace, and now this town is kind of a pinnacle where you know humans and and monsters now live. Uh, side by side, side side by side in, in peace. Um, like I said, Glenn works as a doctor, and specifically, he trained under uh, Suth- Suth- Suthi, who is a, a, a monster doctor, and train him to uh, be able to work on monsters. And he works alongside Safantine, uh, Safantit, Safi, Safi. We'll call him Safi from now on. That's what they call her, Safi. Uh, works along Safi, who is a snake girl, and they, like I said, work Shalamia. on different monster people that come in. I don't know it specifically says this, but it seems like he only works on Doctor uh, uh, Monster Girls, I guess is the, t- the title would lead you to believe. So maybe he's like, uh, was the OBGY of, of monsters? <laughs> so, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, he, he works on monsters that come in and... and um, Finds what's what's wrong with them and and uh, gives them a, a diagnosis and a possible cure that they can they can seek out and uh, yeah and every time he talks to any girl uh, Safi gets jealous and nearly kills him as snake girls usually do in these monster shows. You gotta stay away from that. I don't know the snake thing. I, I really don't know the snake thing, but every one of these monster shows has, well, except for Interview with Monster Girls. That was, and that, that's probably why I loved that one so much, is they didn't have the snake girl dominating half the, the screen time of the show, uh, strangling the main character every two seconds. But uh, your thoughts? I, I, I enjoyed the show a lot. I, I found it strangely. Um charming um it, it, it's 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 hard to say exactly because it's not the, the the i not my favorite as far as character artwork i outside of maybe one or two characters which i thought looked really fa- fantastic the rest of the sh- the the characters were kind of more j- just not to my liking um as far as the storylines it it seemed like they were very charming i i i thought that they were um, like the, the, uh, the, the mermaid was a, was a very charming story. The, um, the, the, um, 
the dragon girl was really charming. Each 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 story as they came through was a very charming story in itself. I did like how oblivious um Glenn actually he he has almost this um what's the best way to put it? He's he's very um dispassionate when it comes to the girls. So he's he's very very almost doctor like where he's kind of cold and he just does what he needs to do and this this kind of sh- shuts down his um trying to he's not he's not trying to flirt with the girls he just is doing with his job and for whatever reason all these girls fall in love with him and this drives his 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 partner Safentete uh just Sapentite. Safin. Safin. Um, <laughs> Safin. J- it drives her Focus crazy. On, here, hold on a second. I'm sorry. Let me just delete this part. <laughs> there, Safin. I, I, I can hear it in my head. I know it. I know how I know, it sounds. I know. Um, but it drives her crazy, and I absolutely love that that interplay. Um, because in 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 this really fun way. He builds a harem even though he's not really trying to and it's not and 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 yes it's 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 kind of the dither concept but it's it's done to me fairly well and and it's not like he's he's yeah he's not he's not technically by definition a dither he's just kind of like he's just doing his job he and usually whenever somebody's like very far with him he kind of just smiles it off and he just kind of continues with his job and so it's not like he 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 doesn't look like he's completely oblivious to it it's just he's not interested in it. So then they do make passing comments on him. It's kind of like, okay, I need to get back to what I was doing. Like even when when uh, Tessalia's uh, uh, two uh, handmaids or whatever corner him, it's almost like he doesn't really have a choice. He's kind of trying to just get out of the situation. So it isn't, he knows exactly what they're talking about. <laughs> but yeah, it, I to me, really loved it. Um, it. I mean, like I said, it's not – it doesn't look – absolutely fantastic to me um but i did i did really really enjoy it yeah I, i'm just kind of in the middle of the road with this. this is kind of just a okay show like very middle of the of the scoreboard for me just because it's not that i was you know extremely you know entertained by it but i was enough that i, I wasn't bored watching the show so it never really did anything that kind of stood out to me. I did like Scotty's story. I think that was definitely kind of the pinnacle of the show. Um, I did like a lot of the the actual girls. I really enjoyed Tessalia for some reason. Um, like I said, I, I really did like Scotty's story. Um, got, I thought Mamie was really, really cute. I, I do agree. There was a lot of the characters like the um, Arania, the, the Arachnid, and Sithu, um didn't really care much for the Harpy. I really didn't care much for any of that story. Um, did kind of like Safi's backstory when they did get into that. I uh, did like the, the Mermaid Girl. So I'm kind of like mixed on the actual Monster Girls themselves. Um, but I do appreciate that each one of them kind of had a backstory to them. They were kind of going along with their actual diagnosis. It did kind of help it to be just more than just a kind of fetish thing. Because... Of course, going into something like this that is a monster-type show, monster-girl-type show, the big thing is kind of like, is this kind of focus is the fetish, which is the idea of here's a hot 
Monster Girl. Now let's get into the weird fetishes that can be kind of construed from it. So you have a mermaid girl. So there's the fetish about the gills. Here is the snake girl. So there's the fetish about the, you know, the bondage and the scales and how no, do they no, wear no, underwear. No, no. That's, that the, kind that's of stuff. the spider. That's the spider girl. Um, <laughs> the, the, there's like a zombie type character and the, the stitching of the skin and the, fetishes behind that and yes technically with every single one of these girls it seemed like wherever he touched them they they got way way too into it and were very very pleasured by the fact that he helped them with whatever spot that they were touching um so yeah it it is kind of one of those shows where it it technically is going after that here's a monster girl here's a possible fetish and the girl is overly excited about him touching them. But at the same time, they're getting that kind of backstory about the, the character backstory about the character and the, the situation that kind of caused their diagnosis. So I don't know. Like I said, it's just a, it was just a show. It it, it never really did anything that really uh, exceeded anything. Um, Besides, like I said, I, I, I thought Scotty's story was great. Um, it just it, it it just existed. It's really in the end. Um, I think my my biggest beefs with it is, yeah, the 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 character designs kind of fell apart here and there. It did use CGI for a lot of the characters, which I think they did a pretty good job of of blending it with the environment. I mean, they were very obvious when they did CGI, use CGI, especially with the centaurs and uh, with with Safe and and Ar- Arania the Arachnid. But um, it, it seemed like it matched well with the, the environment, so. I can't really say too much negative about it, but yeah, it was, it was an okay show. So if you're looking for monster girl type shows, I think it's, it's up your alley to check it out. I don't know. I mean, it, it technically did more in it than, um, monster Muzume. So I, I do feel that it was a better show than monster Muzume. But like I said, interview, interview with monster girls, I I think is way, way above what, above these, those two shows. So, I think of all of them, that's probably my, still my favorite. So, what's what's your tier list for Monster Girl shows? Am, am I missing one? Off what? the top of my head, I don't know, but yeah, it's probably I I don't know I I I think Monster Musume had technically a better story than this, but that's that's different than having individual character stories, which that's where this one is is more shines better. Um. But yeah, monster uh, interviews with monster girls is fi- by far a lot better than all of these. But that's a very very different oh, show. And there was also Centaur's Life. <laughs> yeah, that show that that show wasn't that great. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. no. Had a really awesome ED though. <laughs> Edelweiss was a. Fantastic I think that one ED. was a manhwa anyway. I think so. Oh yeah, and then there was the other one, the 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 boy with the the monster family. I really I should watch get back. One. I need to get back to that one. I watched like four episodes of it. That one was definitely a manhwa. I don't know. Yeah, was was Centaur's Life manhwa? Yes, it was. I rem- I remember specifically sure? that they they were talking about that. Darn. That was one of the first ones that we were actually. I know that was done by the the Chinese company, yeah, Holliners. Oh, which I guess if it Homeliners did it, then it definitely was probably a Monwa. 
Came Lurana. Ah. That sounds like Japanese a, slice of life comedy like manga. Japanese. So it's just Toll Liners was the cha- Chinese company that did it, but huh. it was still a, a Japanese manga. Huh. Maybe it was the yeah Toll Liners. <laughs> they can't they can't keep character models for their <laughs> their life dependent on it. So that's that's the issue there. Um. Yeah, that's um. Interview with with uh, monsters, doctors, Muzume. Check that out if you're if you're looking for monster girls. I, I'm still trying to figure out like like both the both the snake girl and the spider girl thing. I'm I'm tr- I'm trying desperately to figure that out, but they they seem very pre- predominant in these monster shows, and I haven't figured it out. Of course, also centaurs. To be honest, centaurs are are a big one as well, but. It's like, come on, let's get some different types of monster girls in the front stage. Why does it always have to be the snake girl, horse girl, and and spider girl is always the front The spider face. girl, I mean... And I, harpies. I, they I love harpies, too. I, I technically get the spider girl thing. I don't... It's not my thing. Not my thing. I'll smash, uh, not the, smash the, those the, damn spider the girls. Snake girl, the snake girl, I, I guess I kind of understand, but even that one, I still... So deadly. I, I really it doesn't doesn't quite work for me. The I, I guess I kind of get the 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 centaur girl. It, it's it's one of those w- weird things. I mean, even the the harpy girl, I technically get that, but it's 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 still not a thing for me. I understand the harp the the mermaid girl because that's always kind of been a, a a fantasy type thing. Is is the is the mermaid um, in yeah. romance type stories. So I understand Which I guess, why that's I guess prominent. The, but I guess the I guess the mermaid thing would fit kind of with the the snake girl, but yeah, I'm just surprised that both with Monster Musume and maybe it's because it's too easy. But mo- both Monster Musume and, and Monster Girl Doctor, um, and also with uh, interview with Monster Girls, no cat girl or dog girl. I guess because like See, I said, it's ones, just too those easy. Ones, those ones make sense to me. Is it because is it because it's too easy and they're going for these really kind of really oddball things that would have kind of out there fetishes that, that would be involved with it. And I, and I, I don't say fetishes that it is if you like this stuff that it, you have a, a goofy fetish. I'm just saying, obviously they are things that are kind of out of the norm that they do focus on. Like with, with this one, both this one and with, and this is an example this, with this one and with monster Muzume, they have a harpy, uh, laying an egg moment. It is it it does kind of seem very fetish in the idea that it's like this is a oddball thing that they are focusing on that is almost kind of like childbirth but technically not, and they get very kind of weird with it. With Monster Musume, they had a very creepy guy videotaping it as a fetish kind of thing, so it 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 is it it is technically acknowledging this. It is an odd oddity about it that it, it I get is kind of trying thing. to get into. I totally get the slime thing. <laughs> yeah. The slime wasn't in this one very long either. Like, it just made, like, a, a bathtub of something for her, and that was it. It's like, okay, that was, that was a slime girl just carting her off. <laughs> <laughs> we we apparently talked to the slime girl at some point, and she's out of here already. Uh, they had a minotaur girl in there, too. Technically cowgirl, but... We had, we had a, cute, a few new ones with this one, but I think it's kind of it was easier for this one to kind of go through a lot of them versus Monster Musume, where they were technically having to move in with them. Besides the kind of 
special agent group that they touched on for a little bit. But yeah, I'll stick with my cat girls and, and Inu, Inu girls, even though they're completely absent in both of them. I think they had one in, in Monster Moves Man, that team, didn't they? That was a cy- the Cyclops. They had the zombie girl. Who else was in that team? It's been so long, Andrew. I mean, <laughs> I know the the Cyclops was the sniper. Zombie girl was like rushed in there because obviously she's zombie. Anyways, yeah, thing. I really did want to get Monster Moves on Blu-ray. Thankfully, that's not a Funimation one. <laughs> Thankfully, not a Funimation one. Moving on, we have Diary of Our Days of the Breakwaters. Let's get back to to pure. Uh, wholesome, family-friendly uh, Andrew closing tabs. <laughs> uh, wholesome, family-friendly stuff here. Let's get into um, cute girls doing cute things. Uh, fishing version in uh, Diary of Our Days of Breakwater. This one, uh, the Japanese title is Hokago Tebo Nishi 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 so streamed on Funimation, ran for 12 episodes. Uh, another one that uh, was a carryover from Spring due to delays. Uh, did, done by Studio Dogo Kobo. The sources of manga, the genres are slice of life, comedy, school, and seinen. And this one follows a girl named Hina, who really likes doing uh, sewing. She likes to put together crafts through sewing. And as she starts her new school, or her new, her, her new, her new life at a new school, uh, she is... You know, seeking out new clubs that she can possibly go to. Obviously, the choice that she'd want to go to is some kind of um, home ed type sh- thing where she can do her her um, sewing. But uh, instead, she's kind of tricked into spending a day at the fishing club. And as she goes there, she runs into a friend from her middle school days, uh, Natsumi, and goes out and starts trying out fishing on the on the uh, the seaside with the with this club and kind of finds out that even though she doesn't like a lot of things about fishing, especially the you know the smell and the creatures, sliminess, the ugly fish, like a lot of things she does not like about it, very much outside of her comfort zone, uh, she kind of slowly finds things in it that she really does enjoy despite having her issues and uh, kind of helps her push her. It, it, it kind of turns into a story about her kind of pushing out of her comfort zone and trying something new and, and learning what's what's fun about fishing. And obviously the viewer learning about fishing at the same time. But um, yeah, your thoughts on Diary of Our Days of the Breakwater? Yeah, this is, this is another one of those shows where we end up actually learning a lot more than we thought we wanted to know about a particular subject. And this one, it happens to be fishing. I, I do actually like the, 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 what Andrew had pointed out about her, her, um, being pushed out of her, out of her comfort zone in a lot of situations. And I think that is, is, is kind of the, one of the biggest just that I got out of this show, which is something that when, usually when we, we point out one of these shows and we go, this is doing this and we, we like it or, this is doing this, and it's not quite hitting the mark. In, th- in this particular one, I think that her pushing herself in out of her comfort zones in a lot of situations was really the kind of the um, 
the 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 final shine that made this one actually work as far as a well done show um because of the fact that i mean in, in particular i so burned into my head the 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 scene that actually just uh, i busted up laughing so much because of the fact that at one point that actually broke her where she was actually gutting a fish and that was not something that I didn't. I actually thought that they would do in this show per se, I, and they actually did it per in 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 a, in their own special way. Um, so it, it it is in in some respects it's it's it, it's really cool that they've done a lot of the things that they did in the show, and and I I respect that this show for what it did try to do, and it's still cute girls doing cute things. So you can take that for for what it is. Yeah, this show is kind of that. Um, I would say probably lower tier. Uh, cute girls doing cute things is it. It does enough well as a cute girls doing cute things, and the fact that I just enjoy watching them having you know doing fishing. Um, the characters are fun to be around. They're cute, um, but nothing really outside that that actually takes it up a notch to being something unique that I kind of would like to go back to at some point and something that would make it memorable. And I think that's really due to the fact that I don't think the chemistry in the show was all that good. I think mainly in the idea that most focus of the comedy and the personality in the show itself was in Hina and how very loud she was about being outside of her comfort zone, which is perfectly fine. I thought she was absolutely great. I think her say you pulled off her her reactions perfectly, just screaming about things, her panic nature that she's in. Um, her her fear modes that she gets into when she sees a creepy looking fish or something, uh, yeah, like you said, gutting a fish, all that kind of stuff was her personality, emotion, and and uh, outbursts were were perfect. It's just that unfortunately, outside of that, Natsumi is kind of the you know the the prankster. She was kind of cute at times, but again, she didn't really have many moments that she got to really shine with that. Uh, Yuki was the obviously lazy, but yet there's a, a side of her that is technically a good person character. Again, never really gets many moments to shine with it. Makoto was just kind of the the very, very quiet, but also, you know, very caring and very smart um, uh, uh, senpai. Big sister. <laughs> yeah, big sister. But again, very few times that she gets to shine. Um, their club rep teacher well, character Kotani <laughs> is a drunk and she just wants to drink. That's her character. Unfortunately, I hate the fact that they love the teacher that just doesn't care about anything but drinking, but they, they do that. Um, <laughs> so that that's, that's the unfortunate thing is that it kind of turns into very base level two formula insert cute girls fishing. And unfortunately, nothing outside of that that really takes it up a notch that really makes it, like I said, a very memorable show that has a characteristic that makes it stand out from the crowd. Besides, if you want fishing, here it is. So that's really the the, the bare bones, my thoughts on it, which is unfortunate. But it was Dogokobo. They do a fantastic job at doing these kind of shows. Unfortunately, like I said, I don't think it really had much content within the manga to make it really stand out and do something that that really does take it to another level, which is the un- unfortunate part. But I was never really technically bored. I mean, there was a few times where I kind of um, 
kind of glazed over. Um, uh, where nothing really kind of seemed to happen. Very lulling points in the show, um, which was very frequent. Um, but it had a few times where it was, 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 was pretty fun. So take that for what it is. Two girls fishing. Very standard. Nothing really fantastic, but it is what it is. Double Kobo can't knock it out of the park every time, unfortunately. But um, I do enjoy most every one of their shows. So I'll watch every single one of them, no matter what, in the end. So Diary of Our Days, The Breakwater. Check that out if you're looking for cute girls and, and want to learn about fishing or enjoy fishing. I, I think it did a pretty good job of the, of the stuff that I know about fishing. <laughs> um which has been a long time since I've actually gone into looking into and, and learning fishing, but what little I did remember about fishing, it, it did seem like it was pretty good representation of it, but your your mileage may vary. I have not done much fishing at the breakwater. <laughs> uh, next one we have is Umayon. This one is streaming on Crunchyroll for 12 episodes. They are three minutes episodes each, so they are shorts. This is probably not even a uh, 30 or so minute long show in, 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 in the entirety of it. Done by studio WToon Studio and DMM Futureworks. This one was a source was a four comma manga, of course, based on the Umamuzume Pretty Derby series, um, both the mobile game and then it was adapted into a full animation by PA Works, which I believe got a second season announced for it. But this is a cheaty version of those characters done in a short. Uh, the genres are comedy, slice of life, sports. And again, like I said, it is based off of the Mumuzume Pretty Derby, which is a world where there's humans, but there's also horse people. <laughs> and uh, in that particular full series, we followed Special Week that she went to go to this academy where they train these horse girls to both race and perform because it seemed like after they did a race, they would have to, the winners would have to perform on the stage and almost kind of like an idol setting where they did a song and dance and and um, then went about their school days of, of training again. Um, in the short series, and this isn't really going to be much of a review, but didn't, it really us just saying what it's about and our quick thoughts because there really isn't much to say about a 30-minute long total thing. But they kind of just hit different characters doing different things. They had like one that was kind of a somebody record a introductory video to the university they're going to. Um, one was like a really goofy drama, cop drama investigation type scene in one of the, in a, in a weird movie. Um, just kind of little spin off joke things about different characters and different situations, which I think if you are a fan of Uma Muzume, pre Derby, the TV series or the mobile game, you're going to recognize some of the characters there and probably really enjoy this. Um, but it kind of is similar to a lot of other sh- short series in the same vein, whereas if you don't have any kind of tie-in with the product itself, um, obviously you're not going to get much out of it. I, I think technically – I, th- I, 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 would, I would probably correct myself a little bit, and I think that you know half of the episodes, even if you didn't have any understanding whatsoever, you're probably still going to get the joke with them. So if you like you know Animal Girls – and want a really short series to jump into really quick and get a couple of chuckles out of, I think you'll probably still find something here. Because even with us, it's hard. It was really kind of technically... It's been so long since Uma Boonsa made Pretty Derby came out. It, there was a lot of the characters I was hard to really kind of grasp who they were. 
because I've kind of forgotten a lot of the characters. That was the issue that with Uma Muzume Perdidibri to begin with was that there's so many girls that was really hard to kind of get a grasp of any but maybe a core four characters like Silent Suzuka and Silent uh, and Special Week were kind of predominant in that series. But a lot of the side characters were less. I mean, El Condor, I think, technically had a really strong point in that series as well. Um, so there was a lot of characters' faces that were popping up in these TV forums that I technically didn't recognize. So I, I think even that, and then you can actually enjoy it. But yeah, you're, you're technically coming here for that. And I think for those people, I think it did well enough. I, I, that was probably about four or five of the episodes that I thought were really clever. And I, I really enjoyed them. I liked the, like I said, the cop drama one was great. The school introductory one was, was great as well. Uh, the short race that they had that was run by, uh, ghost ship was, was, was fantastic as well. So they were, they were kind of hit and miss when, when they came along and kind of started very not so good, but there was a lot of good ones kind of sprinkled throughout it. It was goofy fun. It worked. Yeah. Omoyon, check that out if you are a fan and want to check out some chibi horse girls and shenanigans. And the last full review that we have for the season is Fruits Basket Second Season. This one uh, is streaming on Crunchyroll Funimation and Hulu. Ran for 25 episodes, and we already have the final season confirmed uh, for... I don't know when, but it is confirmed that they're doing it. Of course, originally when they first announced the readaptation of the manga for this, they did say they were going to do that. The the agreement was that if they do readapt it, um, they were going to do the full thing, and they were going to do the full manga. They weren't going to do like they did with the the last one, <laughs> and they were going to redo the entire thing. So they are they're seemingly going to fulfill that, which is great. Uh, studio is TMS Entertainment, Sources of Manga. These dramas are Slice of Life, Comedy, Drama, Romance, Fantasy, and Shoujo. Um, I guess I there's not much spoilery here, so I'm not going to dance around it too much. But um, to give a brief idea for those that are completely oblivious to Fruit Basket, it basically follows a girl named Taro Honda, who is kind of down on her luck at the time. She's trying to not be a burden upon her uh, her close relatives as her mother just recently passed away and she didn't want to have to be a burden upon some other people. So she decides to live in a tent out on the mountainside come to find out it is in the property of the Soma family, which uh, currently is the property that is housing uh, Kyo Yuki and uh, Shigura who are three members of the Soma family. And the Soma family is a large group of um, people who all have the characteristics of the Zodiac uh, particularly certain people will, when they're born, possibly carry on one of these Zodiacs. And if they are touched by a member of the opposite sex, they will turn into the animal of that Zodiac sign. Um, Kyo being the cat, Yuki being the mouse, and Shigura being the dog. Uh is not very sh- shocked by this <laughs> too much. Um, learning upon this, usually whenever somebody does learn about the secret of the Soma family... Um, they enlist the help of one of the members to come in and wipe the memory of non-Soma family uh, members so that they forget what they've discovered. Um, but for some reason, they have left Tora Honda to do what she wants to do. Uh, and she is currently living at this particular resident with Kyo, Yuki, and Shigura. Uh, Shigure, um, as she kind of promises that she's going to find other alternative ways of living 
but for the time being, she's staying there because her tent got screwed up. <laughs> um, and so she's slowly learning about different members of the Soma family, learning about the uh, the darker sides of the Soma family, and uh, kind of everybody's. Uh, essentially, everybody's coming to her. Not really coming to her, but she's slowly learning about everybody's skeletons in their closets and kind of helping them cope with it. And over time, her almost uh, uh, shockingly cheery attitude towards things and seeing the positive and everything is slowly changing everybody in the family as time progresses. And uh, this is kind of becoming a shock to many of the people trying to figure out um, what is so special about her and, and why are these people, you know, why are these people smiling? <laughs> Cause nobody apparently is allowed to smile in a summer family. Um, so what do you think of this, this particular season? No, we, we pretty much, I, th- I think the main points in this particular season was a lot of progression on Yuki. Cause I think we left the last season with really the big pinnacle point with Kyo, um, her discovering his transformation and kind of accepting it. Um, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of changes in Yuki. Uh, we met, uh, Rin, who is the horse. Uh, we also met the rooster, uh, we had Yuki join the student council. We had them go in the vacation home. We had uh, Akito confronting Honda and scratching her, <laughs> which was upsetting. Um, Got a finalization of Kagura. Yeah, I, I guess you could say it's a it was a, the confession from from Kagura. Technically, I wouldn't say it's a, it's a final, uh, but yeah, that was that was almost like a putting the nail in the coffin at that point. But, uh, yeah, we had the career day with, with Yuki's mom coming to the school. That was a big point. And a lot of changes in Yuki's mom. And then finally the, the rooster and, and discovering and trying to figure out where, what the curse was. Ren was trying to find out the, find the curse the entire season. And then Cardano basically hands it to, to, to Toro at the very end. Yeah, this is the 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 cool thing about this season is we are so actually. I mean, I want to say about halfway through last season. Considering each, I know there's a difference between cores and season. Somewhere, we're we're what four four cores in now. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we in the last two cores being this season halfway through the last core of last season we finally were getting into honestly new stuff where we were actually starting to see stuff that we hadn't seen before since how we had watched the original fruit basket and now we're like so far out there in in as far as the story wise and it's just so much depth i i really really do enjoy this writer's uh the stuff that she comes up with, I absolutely adore Toro, and to see a lot of the the really neat intricacies in each one of these characters, I really really do enjoy it. I, I with all the new revelations, it's just absolutely well done. I, I really am impressed by it, and I understand why people wanted to get to see this full thing now. Yeah, I think my only concern is I've heard worse whispers about the. The either the, I, don't, I don't remember if it was the curse or the re, the resolution of the curse being very much a huge letdown. So that's the only thing right now that I'm feeling very uh, hesitant about. 
Um, but I think in the, in the the mindset of the journey over the conclusion, I think that the journey has been fantastic so far. I, I think for this particular season um, alone, like like we kind of mentioned, the kind of getting a final figure out what the heck the the the, the significance of the hat was, getting that kind of backstory was um, was okay. I, I did thought it was I thought it was pretty cute. Um, seeing a lot of change in Yuki, I, I wasn't really sure about the whole student council thing at first, but I think over time, uh, Kakudu has become like basically essentially the, 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 the other pillar for Yuki that I didn't really think need was needed, but technically is, is fantastic. I, I really do enjoy Kakudu and, and Yuki's, um, scenes together. I, they really do. It, at times it feels almost kind of conflicting and, and almost, um, uh, seriously combative, but at times you kind of realize that the they are technically needed for each other. And like I said, I, w- I really wasn't expecting that to be a, a thing for Yuki's kind of uh, progression as a character. At the same time, even though I did enjoy that aspect for the story, I enjoyed Yuki confronting his mom with the with the the whole career day thing. Um, uh, Yuki's brother stepping in and the most phenomenal way we had so many good scenes with yuki and his brother and in this particular season we had the whole uh yuki going to his brother's uh shop which i thought that whole that whole uh segment was was fantastic and like i said i really enjoyed um the scene with yuki and his mom and 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 his brother with the with the career day i think i thought all those were were phenomenal as well so Yuki had so many great moments in this season with the student council, his him, mom and his brother. Him and him and Akito was was absolutely phenomenal as well. Just the the, yeah, the, the realization. The, the dinner scene was great. <laughs> Just the, it's so it's so ticked him off. <laughs> Yuki Yuki like so like without intentionally doing it ticked Akito off so bad and I had the biggest smile on my face even though it was like the worst scene possible <laughs> it was so great because like I knew it was coming like I'm like you're gonna because it, it never showed Akito that entire time and I'm going he's gonna be pissed and sure enough I'm like oh gosh and everyone's like what'd you do <laughs> it was such a great scene I, like, but my, I, my I just whole forgave point, him though, I, I don't understand I I <laughs> <laughs> And it was almost like he knew. Oh, no, that. I, I apologized for myself. I yeah, said, he's like, I'm sorry. Yeah, he's like, what are you doing? Yeah, I apologize. And it was like one of those moments where he like, it, I think it dawned on him that he knew what he did, but he's like, but I really didn't technically do anything wrong. Um, but it is one of those things where it's like, you know, at some point, all these people are just going to get fed up. Like, wh- where's the moment that we just have like an episode where everybody just kind of turns and says, what the hell, dude? We're done. But there, there's technically aspects behind that is the reason why they they don't do that. But um, that is something that we're hopefully going to get with this final season. But no, my my whole point is that with with so many fantastic scenes with Yuki, it sucks that he's like technically the worst part of this season because even though he has all these great moments where it seems like he's overcoming, and it seems like his character's progressing. It seems like the writer loves to just kind of go, nah, we're going back again. Like, it it, it really did feel like, besides, like, all these side stories that are happening, this season was literally Yuki driving in a circle. And you're going, 
oh, great, he's going down Main Street again. Yes, he's going North Main Street. And then he's like, oh, crap, but now he's going down South First Street again. Yes, he's going up North Main Street. Yes, there he goes. There he, and he, he turned and he's going back down South First Street again. Here he comes again. He's going up North Main It always seemed like he's fixed. He's fixed. He's fixed. And then he would just, no, he's not fixed. He's not fixed. He's not fixed. And that was a really big frustration for me this entire season. I kept kind of face palming after the third time of like, why is he, he just, it just sounded like he was fine now. He was in dialoguing about how everything's fine again. And now he's right back into it. And I guess technically that's the whole point in this whole thing is if we come to find out this curse is literally physically driving their physical and mental self to not be able to walk away and, and be happy. But I, I just feel like the portrayal of that, if that's the case, isn't really showing that it's only showing them remembering something of bad in their past. And maybe again, that's maybe that's the curse that's causing that, but it always seemed like just a remembering of a scene with Akito doing something terrible with them or Akito whispering in their ear and saying they're garbage, and then suddenly like, oh, we, that's right, I am garbage, and back into moping again until they see Taro and then smile again. And I guess that's I, I'm starting to get frustrated with that, almost to the point where now where it's almost like I just want them to figure out this curse thing so we can stop kind of waddling every two seconds because we've been through this so many times, and the highs are so high that it keeps taking it down with the lows two scenes later that it frustrates me at this point because we're technically 50 episodes in at this point <laughs> we're getting to epic territories at this point um outside of yuki um i wasn't sure about ren but i i really did like um how they i won't spoil things but i really did like how they finally took ren into the fold i guess in a in a, in a way and i don't really i think she technically is the stray cat um even though she's the horse um, she really does feel like the stray cat for her reasons. Um, and again, I, with every, and, and I, I say this, but it's going to be the same. It's the same with every character. It was the same in the first season. Every time they get into a backstory with a character, it's always phenomenal. And she does character history and character story writing and character personality based off their, their circumstances so well. She develops the characters from the forward back so well that I'm never surprised and it always ends up just knocking out of the park every time they do it. And I think Ren was another case of that Ren and, and uh, Hatsuharu's backstory was, was great. And I, I absolutely love their, their, their relationship. They have uh, the same with, with Kagura. We finally had Kagura finally tell her backstory with um, her involvement with Kyo and why she loves Kyo so much. She's been, a long time coming, but finally after, I don't know, it was like 36 episodes, we finally got her reasoning for why she loves Kyo so much. And, um, or if you can argue for lack thereof. And I thought it was a, oh, oh that, that scene was so heartbreaking. I, I watched it again here today and it still hurts to watch. Um, it was probably one of the best scenes of the entire series was, was Kagura's was confession with, with Kyo. Um, a lot of great moments with, with Shug uh, Shugura and his kind of, we're, we're still, we're, we keep debating between me and Chris, what's going on with Shugura and, uh, Shugure, And I'm, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to kind of finally, I hope I, it, this is one of those really struggling things is like, I hope the writer's doing as, as clever a job as I think they're doing. Cause it's like, 
me and Chris are constantly debating is is Shigure is he masterminding behind the background? Is he pushing things for good? Is he is he pushing things because he wants to break things? Is he pushing things to break certain people? He really does seem like a very mysterious character in a way. Um, only because I'm hoping he's as mysterious as he is. And I'm, I'm hoping that at some point the writer comes out and says, yeah, he's been doing this for this particular case. And yes, you, it, it, I am as clever as you think I am. Um, or he can just be as simple as what he is, and I'm I'm hoping that's not the case. But we're we're waiting to find out if if Sugar Day is is a very clever doggy. Yeah, I'm really hoping that he's doing all all the things he's doing for good. That's and that's that's what I'm I'm I I suspect, but I I don't know. He, he, he's he's a, he's his playing the Game of Thrones is not working. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. He's playing the Game of Thrones. <laughs> He's totally playing the Game of Thrones with all these Soma family members. Um, what else was there? Um, Peter Baelish, you are not. <laughs> he's totally, he's totally Peter Baelish. He's the Peter Baelish of first baskets. Oh my gosh! I want a Peter Baelish with doggy ears on his head. <laughs> <laughs> this is Shigure. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, that's. I think that's most of the key points in there. I probably missed something. Uh, getting into Kuneno was great as well. Um, him and uh, Arisa, I'm, I'm glad they finally kind of circled back to that whole kind of uh, fluke little romance that popped out of nowhere. Um, they kind of circled back on that as well. I thought that was kind of cute. And um, it is funny because, like I said, I don't know if I mentioned this but at some point we kind of went back to to finish up on Fruits Basket, and I'm like, it hasn't shown us having a new episode yet. And so I clicked on it to make sure it just didn't mess up on on the queue, and it was like, well, no, that was the last episode. I totally thought we were getting more episodes. So I, I don't know if it, it just didn't feel like it was a it, – it, it kind of felt like a, a weird stopping point. Um, because it was, a, it, it was a very big revelation point that we got to of huge breakthrough – but I am curious it, – it did feel weird that it was such a, a stopping point. And it does make me kind of hope that we don't have too long of a wait for the the final season. I am I am curious because I thought I heard people whispering about it having four seasons uh, of worth of content. I am curious if we'll only get 25 episodes next time or if we're going to go for 36. Um, I mean if they kept the the pace, they would want to – they would probably do another 25. But um, I, I guess technically at this point I – I was kind of wondering going into the second season if they would have enough content because it did really feel like with the first season we hit pretty much most every single one of the Zodiacs. We had, at that point, I think we only had technically Rin and, and uh, Corano left, uh, left. So, But they've surprised me with this season. But again, going back to what I said earlier, technically a good portion of this entire season was Yuki... Driving down first south again, <laughs> and that frustrated me. So I, I do hope that we don't have another season that is a lot of running in circles, because I really do feel at this point I kind of I, as much as I do get surprised constantly by great fantastic scenes, there's times where I go, does this need to be in this episode? Do we really need to do this scene? Can we get to the point? 
Um, I do feel fatigue every now and then. Um, even though there is such great character moments, I do feel t- fatigue every now and then and wonder why we can't get to the point already. So I do have a side of me that is frustrated. And I hope that, that there is something around the corner that's going to be fantastic. So, yep. Anything else? No, I think we've pretty much hit everything that we're going to hit without doing massive spoilers. Yep. I, I do love, I, I guess my the last point I forgot to really get into is I, I do really love, um, I love Tora Honda. There's times where I, I kind of wish she had a little bit more personality within her, but I do think she's breaking out of that, that kind of, uh, shell that she's had for the most part. Um, cause she is a character that I think always does show her cheery side, but every now and then she does break out and kind of shows this almost emotional outburst that I think even catches her off guard. I remember the scene where she, uh, she recalled what Akito said about staying out of their business. And she's like, uh, she just yells out to Yuki, like, I'm going to stay in business in, in your business. And he's like, what are you talking about? No, never mind. Kind of, kind of moment. Cause as she, as she's trying to push herself to kind of be forward and get things done because she always, she is kind of the only, the, the character that always kind of sits on the side and smiles. And she's trying to push herself to kind of finally move forward. Cause she has kind of been one of those characters where I always kind of thought that she is the, the epitome of someone that smiles, but is always broken inside. And we had a really fantastic scene in the first season where she was, uh, I think it was on the, the day that her mother had passed away and, and she finally, re- you know, it, it, she finally broke. And she, even though she was trying to keep a smile on and I thought it was great because it, it does show that she, to a fault, she has a side of her that is always trying to smile for everybody and may, and be always cheery, but she's technically hurting inside. And those moments where she kind of finally breaks is always fantastic. So, yep, that's Fruit Basket second season, still staying strong. Looking forward to the final. And our last segment, we're just going to go through a quick impressions, Missy's impressions on Fire Force season two. This isn't going to be a full on review of it. Um, just giving our updates on our thoughts on it since the first impressions for the second season. Um, I'm frustrated with it. <laughs> I'm just going to jump right into it. I'm frustrated with it. Uh, it's getting talky. I, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of things that are coming out, and it's cool to see yeah. a lot of that stuff, but it's getting very, very talky. And I don't want to say that this show... Sh- the only real reason I watch it is for the the combat scenes. It's a shonen. <laughs> it is, and and it's 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 weird because I I don't know. I've I've always been just over mid road for this, so it's it's kind of not really all that. I've already been kind of bored of it for a while, but it's it does still kind of whenever the action scenes kick up, it looks really cool. So. I don't know. I'm mixed. Yeah, that's that's for me. I, don't I, hate I, think, it. I guess technically with the with the first season, I wasn't huge on it. Um, I thought it had its moments. I, I I I think a lot of my frustration was that in the first season, I loved it when it was about them going out to these uh, um, infernals, these outbreaks, these human combustions, and and going in there and performing their uh their ritual of of taking them down and and uh saying the prayer for them and letting them pass on but 
really quickly within the first season, they shifted it to here's this organization that they have to go after and they're trying to um, create infernals using these insects, which I was fine with. And then it really kind of turned into now we're chasing down this this evil organization that is doing this. And then now it's shifting into how much is the reach of the evil organization and who can we really trust and where these big plants came from and the huge backstory of the entire existence of mankind as it currently exists after the big infernal outbreak. And I guess my frustration comes more on the idea that it's talking a lot, but I think we already got the point. <laughs> and now it's just talking for the sake of trying to make it sound like it's more interesting than it actually is. And I, I am really getting I, – I honestly, this last episode that we watched, we technically were behind by three episodes and we, we knocked all three episodes out in a couple of days and – and I think that was um, to its detriment because I kind of quickly realized how uneventful it was in those three episodes. I mean, technically, it was, um, uh, you know, them Joker and and what's his face going into the the church and just taking out a bunch of people. But at the same time, it was a lot of talking about this church is doing something, and we're going to figure out what that church is doing. And that's that's where my frustration. I I literally told Chris I'm like this show really needs to do something because I am getting really bored of it. And again, that's 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 really where I'm struggling because I I really do like a lot of the characters in the show. I like the world they built. I like a lot of the 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 combat sequences. Even though I've mentioned before, I think that Shinra is probably the worst main character just because his his fighting style is pretty boring. He just literally launches at people and kicks them, and it, and it never really does anything to mix it up. And when it did finally mix it up by making him go faster than time itself, he never does it ever again. <laughs> and now he's making it bite people. So it doesn't really, it's not really all that interesting. And that's what that's frustrating. I find a lot more entertainment out of the, the other characters and their combat. I mean, even Arthur with a sword is very basic, but it's more entertaining than, than Shenra. I mean, uh, bullet control, uh, straight brute force, uh, magic gauntlets, all this stuff is so much more entertaining than, launch kick thing so yeah i change it's your hands of, change your hand position and then launch kick thing faster Mon- montgomery he was he was pretty awesome that was an expected scene where he was taking on a a high grade infernal by himself um just basically through brute force uh which was was cool this season i do i did like the the big reveal that they did early in this this season don't get me wrong I, I was like, oh, cool, cool. They can do something really cool with this. We're getting into basically the origin of their their current power system. And I thought that was cool. But like I said, it almost feels like they're now taking that and going, but wait, there's more for the last 13 episodes. It's been them going, but wait, there's more. And I'm going, there really isn't more here, is there? No, there really isn't any more here. Please stop telling Stop saying that. There's not really more here. Please stop. And that's been my frustration. It it really does feel like we've had a waste of a core after that big reveal happened. Even though, like I said, we did have a couple really cool fight scenes. So it needs to do something really quickly. Um, we've, we've, we've gotten the twenty fourth uh, pillar this last episode, so that that was important. Twenty fourth pillar is a sixth pillar. <laughs> uh, oh, there wasn't twenty four. 
I thought for sure there was 24. It seems but like... wait, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> just you wait. You'll find out there's more. It's just like the puppet. <sighs> I, who said that there was only one puppet? I mean, she literally did say it plural, so... <laughs> <laughs> Why are you shocked? <laughs> She's so tricky with her words. <laughs> um, oh, my other frustration... I'm kind of tired of the derpy face female character. Can we stop making derpy face female? Why does every female character in this show have to have some psychotic derpy face personality? I'm tired of like, that's why I think that's why I liked Lisa so much. She was such a breath of fresh air because I think um, past Tamaki, Lisa was the first like female character they add in the show that didn't do the whole derpy psychotic personality face thing going on. And Inca showed up. She quickly did. I'm like, well, could, there goes that new character. I thought she'd be possibly a new cool female character. Nope. She's, she's psycho too. I don't know what it is. Maybe that in this world, all females, um, 99% of females are born with, with psychotic nature and have derpy faces. I, 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 and it sucks because I love, and that was the draw that we had to this was, this was the creator of soul eater. And I love his artwork. I love his style. I love his storytelling. And that's why I'm still sticking with it. Um, they've had a good, a couple moments in the, in the series, but I'm getting tired of that. I just don't much I'm care for income most more along the lines of her, her motivations don't make a lot of sense. I want to see everybody burn because burn. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, her logic was so bad. I'm like, it, okay, whatever. I, I, I don't, she's I don't want to obviously crazy. I don't want to get caught, but I do want to get caught because they're scary. I, <laughs> I, I okay. I guess you're a super masochist, this way, there's but more explosions uh, over here that I can enjoy. It's, it's, okay. it's one of those things is like, and I really wanted to like that character. I really did. And it's like, it's like Andrew mentioning the the derpy face. I still don't understand the derpy face thing, but it 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 is what it is. I I personally I I like the the mischievous type characters, and she came off as that at first. And yet, then she started getting stupid as far as her motivations. And it was like, okay, you you, you just ruined this character as far as I'm concerned. Uh, they don't have the they don't have the new derpy face in here. It was the puppet masters, the the newest one I was talking about. But yeah, no, I I, I that was my frustration with Inca. I was like I, the moment that she kind of did the whole crazy derpy face and was like, oh, this way is there's more explosions and and possibilities. And I'm like, and that's interesting. That well, that was more interesting to her, or something like that. And I'm like, okay, that's that's her character. Moving on. <laughs> No, no, Shinra, stop. I know you have a hero complex, but please just just stop. Let her go. Doesn't matter anymore. Let her go. We still have Maki. We still have Tamaki. Don't worry. We still have uh, Hibana. Itis, go back. We have Lisa. Those girls don't really have derpy faces. I think Kibana did it once, but that's okay. <laughs> we'll let it slide that one time. She, I think even Lisa, I think, did it once, maybe halfway. The rest are fine. We're good. And th- somehow they figured out how to bring back that stupid doofball. Oh, that was so frustrating. 
what's his name? I forget his name. The, the captain guy. They somehow brought him back in the mind of the poor boy. Uh, oh, yeah, Reco. Yeah. yeah, they somehow figured out how to bring back Reco, and I. Oh my gosh! I was like, please stop, <laughs> please stop. <laughs> I wonder what that say you said when they suddenly called him up and said, "Hey, we need you to come back in the studio." And he's like, "What? You come? You bring him back? My character? <laughs> no, no. Just come back in. We'll, we'll explain it when you get here." <laughs> so you're gonna be in the head of this kid. <laughs> oh man! And it's so funny. There's a huge hatred for Tamaki right now. Do you have you seen this hatred for Tamaki? I mean, I understand it. I and that. <sighs> I understand why, why people. I understand why I understand people's anger for Tomeki as a character. I, no, I don't I, I understand. I don't. Understand. I'm okay with people's reasoning for why they don't like it. I understand where they're coming from. I don't agree with it because I still think that she's a great character. Love her Seiyu. Love her character design. My frustration is more in the fact and. I don't hate her. I hate the writer and the fact that she is so underused. And I think she's such a fantastic character. I love her fighting style and I want her to do something and I keep waiting for her to do something. And the writer keeps not doing things with her. And keeps That's making pretty her much flop. most all the characters. That is technically true. <laughs> he, he, the, 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 the way the writer, this writer works is he seems to be like, he'll go and go and go and then he'll go, oh, shiny character. Let me make this character the new fa- fo- uh, focus of the show for the next 15 episodes. Oh, th- here's a new interesting character. Let me make this the most interesting focus for the next five episodes. Th- th- this character, this this writer has a shiny thing syndrome like he really really wants to focus on something and every one of the other characters fall to the wayside for forever but you have to admit everybody's had their moment to shine tamaki has not like Mm -hmm. maki freaking created a huge fire tornado i mean akitaru took on the other captain with no magic whatsoever Takashi had a great backstory for him. Arthur stood up to, like, three people at some point because he thought he was riding a horse. Like, everybody's had... Arthur, Arthur is such a goofball. He is so him. the Excalibur love, of the show. I love he him. He is absolutely the Excalibur But of the he's show. not annoying, though. He's That's not annoying. Thing. Um, everybody's had these great moments. Tamaki's moments is always... Here's her moment. She falls over in her butt shows. Which, I mean, I, I'm all for the etchy with Tamaki, but... But... <laughs> no pun intended. I'm, I'm just disappointed that she doesn't have a moment to shine. And I thought she was going to have her moment to shine when, when that... Uh, with that whole segment with the... With what's his... With, with Reko uh, sticking insects on kids. And even then, she still was thrown to the side. Which I'm fine with her being rescued. I don't mind that at, that element in storytelling. I just want her moment to shine. She never gets it. Now she's technically become a nun. Which, I mean, I'm, again, fine with that. But just very disappointing. And their, their argument is that they hate her because she's etchy. And when she shows up, she falls over and she sews her butt. And she, they don't like that. But they And they're, they're perfectly fine with, 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 with waifu and the hell out of all the other girls. They just don't like Tamaki because etchy. 
you know, everybody else has edgy moments. That's why I said I don't understand their reasoning. I I, don't, I understand their own reasoning, but I don't agree with it. But, um, yeah. I don't know. I personally, I, I just want... I don't like the fact that a lot of these characters are getting shoved to the side. Yeah, Iris, I agree. I, 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 I think Iris still needs a, a, a really shining moment. She, she's absolutely deserved a moment for a long time, and she still has not. She gets her moment every time she runs out there without powers and stands Raton, on the battlefield. That's all she does. She's brave as hell, dude. <laughs> yes, she is. She's, she's showing Tamaki how it's done. But no, like I, I said, I do agree with you, and that's that's another frustrating thing is that there's so many great characters and they, like I said, in the first season, they had great shining moments. It's just, it, those moments are very limited because the focus always seems to go on to Shinra, who is literally the most boring fighting character in the show. I find more entertainment out of Akitaro, who has no abilities going out there and fighting. Cause he's he, literally he like a freaking really walking cool. tank. <laughs> uh, he's more entertaining and he has no powers. I, I literally Iris running out there and doing Latum is more entertaining than Shinra's fighting style. <laughs> Her way of fighting and praying is more entertaining than Shinra's flinging his foot around all the time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm gonna give the the writer time. The writer has done fantastic things in the past. He's done some cool things with this series, and I'm hoping that we'll get some more, hopefully, good moments in this season. I'm just waiting for him. So that's our take so far. Joker's had a lot of great moments in this season too. I, I'm really, I'm not. No, Joker has, but uh, Licto uh, has been interesting. I'm, I'm really trying to figure him out still. But um, Benny Mara has had some great moments. Like I said, this season he's too. a he's a quadruple. I mean, or did I say uh, triple last? I, I don't know. I don't remember. He, he's a he's a five timer now. Uh, I'm sure. Hexagonal uh, double agent thing. Hexagonal agent. Yeah, that's what I was saying. He's he's like a penta agent. Pentagramma yeah. agent. Yeah. Quintess- quintessential quintuplets agent. Next next time he might be a septa septa uh, Septuplet? septa agent. Thing. Infinity agent. He's unending agent. He's constantly he's walking in the revolving door and there's the bad guys on each side and he's just constantly talking to both of them. He's on the phone with them both at the same time. Guys, I'm on the phone with the guys you want information on. Yeah, hold on, guys. I'm I'm talking I'm yeah, the guys you want information on. So so can you guys just talk to each other? He sticks the phones together. <laughs> that would be Can great. you guys just tell each other what's going on? <laughs> oh. Anyways. That's that's enough of that. Fire Force. Look forward to more. But yeah, that's that's it for the summer season. That's the wrap up. That's it. Summer season's over. It's over because we're done with it. So, yeah, if you guys had any uh, shows in there that you guys uh, are now interested in checking out, definitely let us know. Um, let us know your thoughts on it. If there's anything additional that we may have missed about these shows that you really liked about them, let us know about it. Or let other people in the comments in the forum post for this particular episode know about it. Hit us up on Twitter if you like. Uh, let us know what you thought about this particular season of summer 2020. Um, but that wraps things up. We hope you guys enjoyed. And again, we're at TalkingSpirit.com. That's where you can go for all of our anime, new and old, great community informing stops, social media links on the right side, and all that good stuff. And we hope you all enjoyed. And you all take care. Os. Everybody wanna do what they wanna wanna do. Everybody wanna do what they wanna wanna do. Everybody wanna do what they wanna wanna do. Everybody wanna do what they wanna wanna do.
かし誰かがいたあなたはあなたを貫いていきなさいでも途中で絶対いろんなもんにぶつかり続けて曲がっていく俺の変な曲がり方お前の変な曲がり方妙になんか噛み合って Make things a little better Welcome my friend Let's get to work Everybody's here It's time to make some miracles Show